Hello and welcome to the Four Press Podcast presented by GolfWeek.com. I'm your host, David Dusek, and this week, my guest is Golf Week senior writer Beth Ann Nichols. Beth Ann and I, in the podcast you're about to hear, talk about our love for Bandon Dunes and what an exciting U.S. Amateur Championship we had an opportunity to see at Bandon over the course of the weekend. It was great. We talk about all things Bandon and Tyler Strafacci, and we talk about Ali Osborne, and we talk about weird ways to lose matches and fog and marine layers and all that really, really cool stuff. And then Beth Ann also told me all about Stacey Lewis's win at the Women's Scottish Open on Sunday. And we looked ahead towards the AIG Women's British Open, which is going to be taking place this week at Royal Troon Golf Club in Scotland. So lots of LPGA Tour stuff to discuss, lots of U.S. amateur stuff to talk about. Also, we finished the podcast by discussing which country clubs, if they would have us, Beth Ann and I would most love to be a member at. You're definitely going to want to hear this. Get stronger, hit longer, and end pain with Golf Forever. Created by Justin Leonard and co-author of the Younger Next Year Back Book, Dr. Jeremy James, Golf Forever is the Take Anywhere online golf fitness program that helps you build a body prime for golf. It's simple, safe, and it works. At home, in the gym, on the golf course, Golf Forever's easy-to-follow exercises, warm-up routines, and course management videos will help you play your best pain-free. Sign up today at GolfForever.com and use promo code GOLFWEEK for a free 14-day trial. So now making a return appearance on the 4Press podcast is the aforementioned Beth Ann Nichols. Beth Ann, how are things going for you in Florida? Hot, David. <laughs> Hot and humid. <laughs> Otherwise, good. I would, I would love to have you come up here. I woke up this morning, went outside. It was... High 60s, humidity was gone. Um, I think we're going to be in the mid-70s today. Then we're going to heat up for the rest of the week. But yesterday was the first rainy day we have had in the Northeast. I'm not joking, two months. Every golf course is like lightning. My lawn looks like somebody took a flamethrower to it. It's (laughs) it's sad. Um, The hibiscus are growing beautifully. They're thriving. And the tomatoes are – it's going to be a bumper crop of tomatoes. So that means this winter we have sauce, which is an oh, important thing at our house. Beautiful. Um, yeah. How is your garden? You, you put in the big garden this year, right? It was about a year ago. Well, we're not there. There's nothing edible outside of the, the pineapple that I recently planted that we'll see how that does. But, um, but no, it, we've, we have done a ton of landscaping and, um, Several hibiscus plants, some hydrangea that I'm excited about for next year. So yeah, it's a, it's it's a it's a process, but not not quite on the uh, full blown, you know, making eating my salad. <laughs> from, from my, yeah, I don't. From the my, my father does that. My my dad my dad does the whole like he does greens. He does that stuff that's early in the season. I don't, but I tomatoes are pretty easy around here at least, um, and some other stuff is beans and all that kind of thing we are um the town where i live has the distinction of being the betting plant capital of new england so i felt peer pressured into actually having some type of garden and if i'm gonna work at it i want to eat it that's just the way i sort of look at it so um one of the other things that's been going on that both you and i enjoyed i enjoyed tremendously and i know you did too the u.s amateur just wrapped up and they were out at bandon dunes and tyler strafacci from georgia tech Ends up winning one up on the last hole um, over SMU's Ali Osborne. How much of the match were you able to catch, and what did you think about Bandon Dunes? 
Well, I, I, I love Band and Dunes. I was, uh, I was so excited for the entire week. I mean, it's, it was so much fun to wake up and watch golf in Scotland and then watch, you know, the drama unfold at, at Band and Dunes in the evening. So it was, a, it was a really fun schedule that we had last week. I, I caught the last nine holes um, of the championship match, which provided plenty of drama. I was, I was hoping I wouldn't have to use that little emoji where you like cover your eyes, you know, because I've had to use it <laughs> in the last several matches where I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even watch what's happening right now. Um, I got a little bit of that on 15, uh, with, with Ollie, um, and the ball kept rolling back down to him, but, um, but yeah, just, uh, what a phenomenal display. And then you add the fog into the mix and it was just, it, it, you know, it's like, it was like a movie. It was eerie in some cases when they went and they started playing on the back night. Cause I caught it around the same time you did. I was watching the PGA tour event, the Wyndham championship and, um, and then switched over after doing some work to the USAM. And it's, oh, it's beautiful. It's sunny. And I've had a chance to be out there at band. I'm like, oh, okay, I know that hole. Like, I know this line. And then they make a turn and in comes the marine layer. And the commentators are like, you know, this is where the temperature drops 10 degrees in 10 seconds. And, mm-hmm. and that's not hyperbole. It's true. And the ball doesn't fly as far. And thank goodness for those little shot trackers because there is no way you can follow that ball through that milky layer and and all that stuff and it was it was incredible like those guys were so good and the tension was great and um i know for television all the reasons why they kind of get jittery about the idea of putting stars in match play because if we don't get the right combination it can be a long day of watching a couple of players that people aren't really drawn to initially if the match isn't good, it doesn't work out, you know, but, but this had, this had everything. Um, at some point or another, you know, you were expecting some of the guys to pull away early on. Um, Osborne has a five up lead. What, what, when you sort of were watching match play, you sort of talk about the covering your eyes emoji. What's makes you more and more nervous as, as the matches go on the individual shots, or do you feel the tension more on the score as like, okay, it's three down. It's four down, and like you may not have in you know a, a rooting interest, but but where for you does the tension come from in match play? Well, I think I think in Bandon in particular, there are so many. You know, whether you've played it or not, you can just tell by watching on television. There are so many moments where you know you're you're screwed. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I mean, you, yes. you know, it's it just basically that's it, right? I mean, you you know, you it's like you're the hero, or else oh my gosh, like this, you're like, like at the end, you know, like, did he actually try to hit that ball? Was that an attempt? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there there were a couple attempts there. I mean, how good was Bones? I mean, he was fabulous throughout the entire thing. When he's like, that was a complete whiff, (laughs) like on the the penultimate hole from from Mr. Fachi. So, I mean, it was, you know, just I think I'm 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 covering my eyes when when the the caddy is going down into the bunker and and touching it with his fingers, oh. touching the sand. I'm I'm covering be, my eyes when let, when. let me ask you. This. Let me interrupt you for a second. Should that should that rule count? I understand it's match play, and I understand what they're trying with that rule to avoid happening, and and I get that. Under the circumstances, would you have had a problem? Or do you think, do you agree with the rule? I get it. The rule is the rule. I get it. But should that be something that decides a match? You know, the, the caddy plays such an important role in 
in in the contest that I think mm-hmm. it does. I think it's fair. I mean, you look at how much these players rely on their caddies and how how important mm-hmm. they are. Um, more and more and more, and especially at a course like Bandon, that you know, I I I it was unfortunate that that's the way the, that it happened. That's what ended the match. Absolutely, it was unfortunate timing. But uh, but I I mean I I think it was fair. I mean it, and I am just stunned for a lot of reasons that that the caddy didn't know he couldn't do that. Number one, and then number two, that he just yeah. didn't cop to the fact that he screwed up. You know and that compounding the error by saying that you never touch the sand when we're all watching you touch the sand. <laughs> it, th- uh, that was clear. Yeah, is, that was clear. Was was the most unfortunate part of the whole thing. So for people who may not be 100% aware, in the round of 16 match, um, Segundo Olivio Pintos, who's from Argentina, was was playing his match against the eventual winner, mm-hmm. um, Tyler Strafacci. They're playing, they're even, they're playing the 18th hole. Olivio Pintos, off checking out his shot, his caddy goes into a bunker, clearly puts his hand down, and just uh, brushes against the sand. And the rule is that that is absolutely not allowed. You can't test the sand. And it's plain as day on Golf Channel. It's plain as day that what he did to everybody who was there. Um, the penalty for that is loss of hole. Well, the problem is that loss of hole on the 18th turned into loss of match. And in the course of about a two-minute span when everything gets worked out, the stunned look on Olivia Pinto's face and on Strafacci's, who I think it's very safe to say, did not want to win the match that way. Mm. That was the farthest thing from what he wanted. Um, it was heart-wrenching. Absolute, for, forget the hand-over-eyes emojis. I mean, you got to reach for the defibrillator because you know, <laughs> that, that one is going to stop your heart. What I was really impressed with afterwards was how all was forgiven. you mm-hmm. know, and, and it, there was obviously disappointment and frustration, of course, but... You know, it came out afterwards that that the player forgives the caddy, and if he can do that, then then you know that's that's an amazing act of sportsmanship, and you see that at these events all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your favorite course? You've been to Bandon. Which one is your favorite? The one I played is my favorite um, for match play. Bandon Dunes is um, okay. is definitely my favorite, and and because. I just like the playability of it. I mean, I've gone on about how how difficult it can be, but in my opinion, the other ones are even harder. <laughs> so. It was. I had a great time shooting ninety four. Oh yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> I got bludgeoned, but it was. I can't wait to do it again. Uh, I, yeah, the, the, it's um. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it's it's uh. I have a very vivid me- memory on number sixteen, the first time I played Bandon, of um, hitting what I thought was a good shot. And then getting up to the green and realizing that that it's somewhere over the back in the Pacific somewhere on the beach or <laughs> I, I don't know. It was never found. But I just remember standing back there and looking at the view. And I couldn't even be mad. Like I was like, you know, I hit a good shot. I have no idea where this ball is. But wow, mm-hmm. look at this view. You know, it just it just puts life. It sounds corny, but it just puts everything in perspective, you know, about it's. I'm 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 what an what an incredible creation. <laughs> it's uh it's an unbelievable spot. I remember the first time I, I did the the drive, the flights, the the getting to Bandon is a real pain in the butt, and and that's part of the charm of it is that you've 
made this quest. You didn't happen to be in the neighborhood, and I think I'll bang a left and drive 20 minutes. No, no, no. Mm. You meant to be abandoned. Mm-hmm. Um, the first morning I played, or the first time I went, I played Bandon Dunes, and I remember coming off, and it had been 20 to 30 mile an hour wind the whole day. It was sunny, and my face was sort of wind burned and everything. And we finished up, go inside, and it was quiet, and my ears just would not stop ringing. Like just your, your, the, the wind mm-hmm. just assailing you <laughs> nonstop. And I was like, okay, if I've got to suffer this, it's worth it. Like maybe get me some cotton balls or something like that or whatever. <laughs> I can ease it up or give me some headphones. But it's, it's, it's just amazing, you know, and, to some degree, I can totally relate to what you're saying because I, in watching yesterday, for example, like, so Strafacci's playing, I'm going to get the whole number wrong, like 11 or 12. It was a really short par four. They, the tees were forward. And I want to say they had like 280 to the flag. And his father, who was caddying for him, gave him the line and he hits it and he blows it 50 yards to the right of where he was intending to put it and sets up about a 10 foot eagle putt. Mm. I mean, it was just mm-hmm. like one of those things. And because of the fog, you couldn't see where the ball was landing you couldn't certainly see it in flight and um part of me says like that's goofy you know that that when you are hitting shots and you can't see anything or if you get the wrong dune in your mind and you're trying to hit it here there's a 40 mile an hour wind blowing it here and there's fog and it's like come on wow are we playing it but that's golf like that's life like that's the way it works and yeah i think that what you're talking about as far as your attitude is like Okay, but look around. Yeah, you lost a ball or you put one into the into the fescue or whatever, but but let's look around. It's a magical place. It's mm. unbelievable. Did you play the preserve, the little par 3 course? I have not played the preserve. No. Oh, we should go this weekend. <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> they have hickory clubs that you can you can use too if you want to get into that. I didn't do that part. Um where if you want, they have hickory clubs. I think the holes range from about 65 yards to, to maybe 180. It's a trip. It's really, really fun. Um, almost as much fun as winning the Women's Scottish Open. For those of you <laughs> scoring at home, that's, that's what we refer to as a segue right there. That's, that's a choppy one. Stacey Lewis wins in a four-woman playoff Sunday. Um, if I'm not mistaken, having read your story on GolfWeek.com, first time as a mom and first win since 2017, mm. correct? Correct, yes. Which was was a memorable win because she donated all of her her winner's check right. to to Hurricane Harvey relief. So um, she said she was going to donate whatever she won that week to the relief efforts, and then she went ahead and won the whole thing. So, so um, go ahead and do it right. That's exactly. Right. That's right. Uh, yeah, you know, just a, a you know this this Sunday round was part painful it really was painful it was so slow i mean you know it, it, there was no way around it there were uh, you know they i don't know how many cameras they had for this broadcast but it couldn't have been very many we're only hearing uh two three voices of the max every once in a while but mostly two mm-hmm. people carrying the whole broadcast and and quite frankly there was no place for them to go so you end up seeing Two really slow players, and also Harmonios and and Jennifer Song in the final group alongside Stacey. And 
And, you know, almost everyone's seemingly rooting for Stacey by default because she's having to put up with this <laughs> because it's so <laughs> incredibly slow. And there was no way, to, there was no place to hide. Like, there were, it's not like they could cut to the action and all these different mm-hmm. golf holes or, yep. or they were doing any, any of the bells and whistles that you would see on, on a normal PGA Tour broadcast or many of the LPGA broadcasts. I mean, it was a really, it was a bare bones production. And, and as a result, you know, the, it was a bad look for the LPGA. There's no other way well, around it. Right. And so that's maybe, I wouldn't wish slow play on any player, especially somebody who's trying to win. Do we need almost to have the LPGA Tour and frankly the PGA Tour have a few instances where it is just so blatant and unfortunately unavoidable where it, the, the issue itself comes out. It's like, look, guys, ladies, we, we cannot do this. Um, it seems like the LPGA Tour has been much more aggressive over the last year or two than the PGA Tour in terms of warnings, putting players in the clocks, fines, different things. Um, do we need to have something like this in order to get some action? Or is this going to be one of those deals where it's yet again, like two weeks from now, we're not going to be talking about this and this issue goes away until the next time when somebody has a, has to deal with slow play? Well, I think that's the beauty of Stacey Lewis because here you had a player... Uh, you know, talk about it on Saturday and then talked about it again on Sunday and, and, and it wasn't whining because she won the tournament. She was able to overcome it. And she just flat out said, look, I wasn't able to watch this on television, obviously, but it couldn't have been much fun to watch on television because she was living it. <laughs> so, so, I mean, she just nailed it. I mean, that she just called it for what it was and she says, you know, we, 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 we can't keep doing this. And so... You know, I bless her for for coming out and saying it. I think she has an important voice, and and I I hope that the LPGA looks at the comments that are on Twitter and and you know it's it's sort of the blessing and the curse, right? You want to get more exposure, you want more people to be watching you, and and having that morning time slot means you're not competing against the men. It's yeah. you, you know, you've you've got mm-hmm. the spotlight this morning, and un- unfortunately. You know, when with a production like that, and with those two players in the final group on on the last two days, uh, it you know it, 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 did it make it look worse than it is? Yeah, because those were the two players in the final group. But but still, you know, it's it the the round took over five hours, and there really wasn't Ugh. very where were they really going to go? Like the whole field was Ugh. slow, right? So, so is the whole field slow most weeks, or do you, is it the same few players every week, and that just ruins it for everybody? I, I definitely think there are some, some offenders that are far worse than others, no, no question. But I think, I think as a whole, the trend is um, that it's, it's slower than it needs to be. And, and with caddies not being able to line up players anymore – it's still slow. Like, you know, you kind of thought, well, maybe that'll help, you know, but, but there's so much conversation going on between the players and the caddies and they haven't even pulled a golf club yet when it's their time to go, you know? So it just seems basic ready golf, you know, things you learn as a kid, you know, it's like, where, where does that go? You know, (laughs) as a pro, like, so, you know, but so props to Stacey Lewis, who, who sang Shake It Off in her head. I was going to bring that up. I was going to bring in, how does Taylor Swift, how does Taylor Swift play into this? (laughs) 
Well, she said to her caddy on the second tee, she said, I am not allowed to complain about slow play for the rest of the round. Like, you know, out loud at least. She And so in order to not do that, she decided that she would sing and, and Shake It Off is daughter Chesney's favorite song to dance to. And so she got that stuck in her head and it was certainly an appropriate song. And, uh, and it worked. <laughs> and so she was able to, to stay patient, to stay in her, her own rhythm and, and for the most part, not let it bother her. Even though we, we have to mention that the minute the group goes on the clock on the 11th hole, Stacy makes double bogey. <laughs> it's like, isn't well, that and that was harsh. You know? like, I, I, I saw that she's she's up in the junk um, left of the green and hits a poor shot. Mm, I'm sure she would correct. be the first person to admit it. Um, goes into a bunker, makes double, and she looked like a golfer who was out of sorts. Now, I'm not going to pretend that I was watching the entire round, but certainly the shots that I saw, the highlights, the replays, etc., she did not look like she was hitting and playing confidently or in a rhythm. And that, to me, is one of the things that I admire most about her. Her rhythmic swing, especially with her irons, is fantastic. Um, she's not a really tall woman. I mean, she doesn't have the physique of somebody um, like a Michelle Wee who's going to be able to just overpower certain shots when she's healthy. Mm -hmm. um, and she just looked... Yes, it was an awkward stance. She didn't look right, and it showed because that shot was garbage. Um, but it it was a testament to her mental fortitude, not to you know reach way deep in the cliche bag, but she made some putts when she really needed to. And the putt in the playoff that eventually sealed it was really, really good. So hats off to her. Um, the women's... The AIG, I want to get it right here. The AIG Women's Open Championship. Where where do you stand on British Open versus Open Championship? Mm. Where, where stands you? Hate it. Where, where are you on that one? Hate it. I mean, no one knows what the Women's Open is. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I mean, it's and, and here in America, if I'm talking about the Women's Open, I'm talking about the U.S. Women's Open. U.S. Open. And so, right. you know, we need the word British in the title. It can't just be the Women's Open. Like, I... I I understand why they did it because that's what they did on the men's side of things with the open championship, but uh, it's that it, it, it doesn't work. <laughs> I put, I put British in there out of spite. Yeah. I put British in there, not just on the women's British open, but it is also to me, the men's British open. And I'll tell you why my good friend, Beth Ann, <laughs> because we have had enough European writers come to, the U.S. major championships, and I get it. There's three of them that are here on the men's side, and, and one that's that's in Europe and in the U.K. for 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 the men. But when they refer to it as they often do, both in print and in conversation, as the U.S. Masters, yeah. them's is fighting words to me. <laughs> Don't there's they're like, well, we have the 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 Omega Masters. I'm like, no, 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 no. There's one Masters. It's supposed to be played in April. This year we're playing it in November. Good Lord willing, you know, we're playing in November. And and thou shalt not tread on that name. And and yeah, if you want to say you know that that their open is older than our, fine, go right ahead. But when I hear the European writers and broadcasters and such like that stop referring to the event played at Augusta National Golf Club as the U.S. Masters, I will then you know <laughs> be open minded when it comes to the British Open. But until that time happens, it's the British Open. Uh... The women's British is going to be played for the first time ever. Pretty cool at Royal Troon. And um, 
The last time the men were at Royal Troon, 2016, Henrik Stenson outduels Phil Mickelson in what was one of the best displays of golf, not match play, but it may as well have been, mm -hmm. probably in the last 30 or 40 years. I mean, that one was immediately we recognized that as being a classic. The, the signature hole and the one that I'm sure you're going to be probably within about three or four days sick of writing about <laughs> is the 123-yard postage stamp, which is actually really, really cool. Having been to Troon... Um, I love short par fours and I love short par threes. Um, they bring everybody into play and they can be diabolical and they can be fun. And if you make birdie on the postage stamp, that's one that you remember sort of forever. Um, I'm not going to get too deep into golf course architecture and design, but I, I do want to ask you, after an extended layoff, many of the women now have played two or three events. Going into a major championship from a mental standpoint, how many women do you think are ready for the pressure of a major? And if there aren't as many that are quote unquote tournament tough at this point, having played a very limited schedule, in some ways, does that even things out across the board that we maybe aren't going to see people quite as sharp as we would otherwise see them? I, I think so. I mean, and, and, you know, I think first of all, it helped uh, to be thrown into the deep end of the pool. Um, as I think it was Bronte Law said that at, at Inverness, uh, they started out in the gate on a, on a major championship venue and it yep. played tough. And so yep. in, in some ways that's helpful because they've already had a significant test um, thrown at them. Um, but we've also seen down the stretch uh, some, some rust. I mean, Stacy won it outright with a beautiful putt uh, for sure. But, um, but we've seen some rust down the stretch, uh, you know, point to, to Lydia Ko uh, at the Marathon mm -hmm. Classic. And, um, you know, Celine had a chance there uh, at Inverness. Uh, so I think, you know, I, I think definitely um, this is this to me will favor the veteran players. Uh, and I and I say that because, you know, of, of the to go back into the cliche bag, the, the mental fortitude that that it will require but also because they're there by themselves. There's no coach. Yeah. There's yeah. there's no one there to help you, a, a mom or dad or whoever normally travels with you, to help you figure out links golf maybe for the first or the second time or how to navigate uh, early practice rounds at a, at a new venue. This is a new venue for everybody. And, and I think the fact that the bubble is no one but you and your caddy, you know, the quality of your caddy will mean a lot this week. And and how much you trust your caddy, and then just the fact that that you know your your veteran expertise, I think will will go a long way. How much do you think the randomness of Lynx golf? This is totally a bogus question, which has never stopped me in the past from asking. Them, but, um, <laughs> the randomness of Lynx golf. I mean, we've we've sort of seen that. We just talked about that a little bit with the women at the Renaissance Club. Um, how much of that plays into? this tournament we we've seen that on the guys side um i remember my gosh i think it was 2007 when we were in southport and it, the the wind was just blowing so crazy that a couple players in the afternoon wave i remember um you know sandy lyle just got up and left he just, just walked off the golf course and was just ruthlessly vilified in the press boy they had a field day with him and the irony was, of course, that Padraig Harrington was in that same wave, and he ended up winning. Mm. And it was just like, huh. But the randomness of Lynx golf with, again, the women coming off of just a few weeks of playing now, 
does that sort of also then you, you have to have and Stacy sort of talked about the fact that when she played some Solheim Cup, she learned to love Lynx golf. Do you need to have that, do you think, this week in order to contend and win? Or is that something that can be developed enough on the fly that you spoke about the, the value of experience? Can you fake it for a week and potentially win? I think you're, I, I really have a hard time thinking that a, a fluke winner is going to come out of this week. I think it's, okay. I think it's too, too, too good of a cough course. I think the circumstances, um, with the long layoff and the pandemic, I think I, I, I would, I would be shocked if we see, if we see a fluke winner this week. And, and, you know, I think, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I think Danielle Kang is a perfect example of this and that she has talked a lot about how Lynx golf was not her forte. She's mm-hmm. you know never done particularly well at it and, and really focused, um, you know, during this break, uh, on, on changing that and, and worked on different golf shots, but mostly the, the whole mental idea of accepting that the shot that you just hit might not turn out the way you want it to. <laughs> and so, so she worked really hard at that, and she she really was grinding last week early at, at the Renaissance, and she finishes one shot out of the playoff on Sunday. Yeah. So I mean, I really feel like she's come a long way maturity wise um, as a golfer uh, to, to where you know, but but that was a process, you know, and she's somebody who is who has been pretty open about how hard and you can see it by watching her play golf. She's very hard mm-hmm. on herself. And, and I think she's learned to, to be kinder to herself as well, but that's a process that takes some time. And so, um, you know, I say all this now and, and some rookie, uh, <laughs> will probably go and win it and make me look can we, silly. Can, we, but, can, can you and I put, can you and I put in a good word and try and get Hallie Moore to win? How great <laughs> is it that she qualified? I know that you just put it then in there, but, that, that she's qualified, she's going to be playing. What's going through her head at this point? I know that you've spoken with her a little bit. I've never met her. Um, I'm I'm going to totally throw away the 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 non bias that we're supposed to have. I'm like, I hope she does great. I hope she kicks butt. Oh um, yeah. But 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 what's what's going through her mind? And, and do you think that she went over and 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 was anticipating getting in? she was because there were there were a generous number of spots available um and and pretty much if you made the cut you you got in and i think that she had you know certainly high expectations and i and and you know haley's played golf in australia as an amateur um and as a pro and i think that um you know she's played some link style courses in australia and uh and and so this won't be completely foreign to her in that regard Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I, and, and she has a caddy, you know, whom, whom she's trusts, uh, her, her Augusta caddy, John Chance, who, who caddied for at the Anwa. And, uh, and I, you know, I, it'll, it'll, it'll definitely be a big learning curve for Haley. Uh, but, but I mean, I'm with you. I mean, Haley Moore wins, wins a major and, uh, and I, I think Ellen DeGeneres invites her on her show. <laughs> like I, I, I literally think it, it would be massive news in the sports world and for good reason. I agree. I agree. I think it would be one of the best feel-good stories and right now we could all use one of those. Do you enjoy playing Lynx golf? I know living in Florida, you don't get a whole lot of that. Um, I, and I ask that because the first couple times I played real Lynx courses when I had a chance to go to the UK and, and play a little bit in Scotland and England, I hated it. I didn't get it. 
I, I, the, the randomness of it, hitting a shot that I thought was a good shot, only to find out, no, that's actually the wrong shot. Mm. Or it just didn't work out for me. And um, this is, boy, I think we're digging into the cliche bag now for the third time in this, in this quick little podcast. But it, it was just made aware to me that, that not everything is going to have a good outcome. I once saw a, um, it was a documentary about the history of golf and George Plimpton was on there sitting, of course, in a tweed jacket and looking very um, much like a librarian with the hair tussled just right and, and just that great way of speaking. He said that the people of Scotland who, who developed the game understood that a lot of times you can do everything right in life and not get the outcome that you wanted. And the game of golf reflects that. You can hit the ball right down the middle of the fairway, end up in a divot, and that's just life. Mm. You deal with it and you move on. And when I was younger, I had trouble playing and I'm like, okay, I hit the fairway. And I'm like, no, this is actually not where you want to be. And sort of here's why. Or this is the way that I grew up playing golf. This is the way I play golf at home. And the game doesn't translate to Lynx golf. And I ended up having an opportunity. And I talked to Christina Kim really quickly about this last week on the podcast where I had my luggage lost going from uh, Royal Liverpool to St. Andrews. I, I went through Edinburgh and was doing some recon work in 2006 for what would have been the next British Open Championship. He adds British. <laughs> and, um, and went up to Carnoustie and had an opportunity to play with a guy who happened to be, I didn't know it at the time, the captain of the club. Didn't have any clubs. He gets me a, we bar, we go into the bag room. We steal a set of clubs. I didn't have shoes. He's like, ah, you don't need them. It's running shoes. No problem at all. You can play in that. And in the first hole, not to sort of like, you know, retell the story, which I'm in the middle of retelling. <laughs> I, I hit from 150. He and I are both about the same place. From 150, I, I pull out a nine iron and I hit it. It gets hoisted up into the wind and it comes up 30 yards short. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And he pulls out a little seven iron and hits essentially a chip. Mm -hmm. It never got above six feet off the ground. And it rolled and it landed 40 yards short and just rolled and rolled and rolled and came to rest about 30 feet from the pin on the green. And he looked at me. He's like, it's going to be a long day for you unless you learn this shot. And I'm like, will you teach it to me right here and now? <laughs> and eventually came around to it. But. Where do you stand on playing Lynx golf? I mean, like you're there in Florida. That means force carries on par threes over water and looking out for alligators and snakes and <laughs> stuff like that you don't run into uh, in Scotland. How much do you like it? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, it, it takes a reboot. I, I think I get there usually and I and and I, most of the time I don't have a caddy. I've never played the golf course before. And I just Good luck. get out there and I forget that, you know, you don't want to carry the ball all the way to the pin, you know. And it, it takes me a few holes to remember how hard the ground is and to remember that, you know, landing short is a good thing. And, and, and that, you know, the pot bunker that your drive just rolled into that you never saw that now requires you to <laughs> basically chip out and take a one-shot penalty doesn't ruin your day. You have to remind yourself <laughs> I just, yeah. I just hit such a beautiful drive down the middle and every single thing funnels into this stupid little pot uh. bunker, you know, like, <laughs> you know, so it, 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 it tests your attitude. I mean, in, in a major yeah. way for, for, for those of us who only get to play, play over there once a year and maybe one or two rounds, you know, and mm -hmm. so you feel like by the time you've remembered all the things that you're supposed to remember when you're playing Link's golf, it's over. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think, 
you know, it's a, it's, it, there's definitely an adjustment, but it, but David, it's so beautiful. It's so peaceful. Yeah. I mean, there's just, it's so raw and pure and, and it just has such a different feel to it that, you know, I, I usually at some point have to give myself a, a mental pep talk that enjoy the walk, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and then, and then when you, you know, you don't freak out so much about all the, you know, the, the odd bumps and bounces and, and bunkers that you land in, you know, you, somehow your game starts getting better. <laughs> Well, to bring it sort of full circle, I, I experienced that the very first time I went to Bandon, you're going to experience that same thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I went out there as a kid who plays golf and grew up playing golf in the Northeast. Like, okay, me and my little 11 handicap game are going to hop on the plane and head out there. And um, those shots don't work. And a lot of the things that you're talking about, landing it short, looking out front, like getting in different lines, um, you know, pop bunkers are not a feature that you're going to find out at pack dunes or at pack trails or any of the, or, or you know, abandoned trails or any of these places like that. But the same philosophy that the gra- the ground is your friend and keep it on the ground whenever possible mm-hmm. um, to just accept that bad shots and bad breaks are going to happen. And but also in the back of your mind, remind yourself that good breaks are going to happen. You're going to hit some shots that are bad that are going to careen off and because of just random good luck mm-hmm. you're gonna hit the the proper side of a mound and it's gonna kick it towards the flag or it's gonna kick it away from something bad that you thought was about to happen and over the course of 18 holes or a couple days it'll probably even out and life goes on <laughs> you know, what's the worst thing it's like you know the beer is gonna taste every bit as good you know yep. maybe even better after you've had a bad day um <laughs> and they've got that little fireplace by by the pub at um at bandon and they throw in some of that um I forget what they they put in. They put in juniper wood every once in a while, and it gets really fragrant and good. And you're like, okay, I don't need to make that flight at 7 o'clock tomorrow morning. I can just (laughs) chill out here for a few more days. Um, You're going on vacation. Next week, you're going to be up in Michigan. Are you going to play? Well, my husband's clubs are by the front door because he's already, uh, you know, (laughs) anticipating the the packing. Um, So, yes, I I think we are, judging by... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what he's already putting together it looks like it which which will be fun because i haven't been able to do that in a while so i look forward to that and it'll be I cooler cool cooler will feel good um i'm going to be leaving this afternoon and heading to tpc boston we'll be working this week for folks so they can read it on golfweek.com uh the first round of the fedex cup playoffs the northern trust will be going on and then i'm taking a week's vacation except for one day on tuesday so a week from tomorrow when i get to play Wingfoot. Oh. And um, s- speaking of the beatings shall now begin. <laughs> <laughs> I have um we recently in Golf Week magazine and Golf Week Time published our our favorite walks. And Wingfoot I will say is not my favorite walk, although it's a really good one. It is above all other places. Um and I'm going to ask you this and this will be the last question I'll let you go. If I could join any one club and they would have me, which right there narrows down the field mm, tremendously. Mm. Um East of the Mississippi, for me, Wingfoot Golf Club, hands down, would be the place where I would become a member. Um, the East Cor- the East Course, which is not usually on TV, isn't the, the course that they use for major championships. That's the West. Is every bit as good as the West Course. The routing for spectators is not quite as good on the East as it would be on the West. You don't have the, the space to accommodate thousands and thousands of people, which unfortunately are not going to be this year at the U.S. Open, what happens at the end of September. Um, if you could join one club, 
let's say, and, and west of the Mississippi, not to get any less blue blood, I have some friends who are members and I've had an opportunity to play several times at San Francisco Golf Club, mm. which is every bit as good as you have heard about and they can't wait to not tell you about it and keep it off the map, but it's tremendously good. Two Tillinghouse courses, east and west. If you could be a member Gosh. any place, where, 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 would you, uh, where would you like to set down some roots and, and play your regular Thursday night game? That is so tough. Oh my gosh. Like I think about the places that would be cool to join, but then I'm like, I wouldn't fit in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I, I wouldn't fit in at Wingfoot or at SFGC either. Yet, yet I'm going to throw them out there. Like I get it. It's it, one of the things that you hear, I'll give you a little second or two just to, to sort of try and formulate an answer while I just keep waxing on here. The, one of the first really sort of big time golf courses that I ever had an opportunity to go to, um, I got to be buddies with a guy named Eden Foster who is the director of golf at the Maidstone Club. Mm -hmm. And Maidstone, members at Maidstone out in East Hampton, Long Island, it's another like half an hour east of Shinnecock. They look at the people at Shinnecock as if they're like the nouveau riche kind of people. These people were there way before the Mayflower. It's just <laughs> the, money is, the money is crazy. The golf course is, I think it was 1896 Willie Park, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, it's just this, this ancient thing. But but everybody is so down to earth. It's one of those places where if everybody's got it, then nobody needs to fl be flashy. Yeah. And yeah. it's a very, very low-key vibe. You'll see people, captains of industry, playing golf barefoot. You know, they'll, they'll play some tennis. The, the, the beach is right there with the surf. And I'm like, well, I would, I would love to fit in here. I am not in the tax bracket to, to be able to afford <laughs> it again in there. But from a vibe standpoint, it's so much more laid back than people would suspect. Hmm. Um, now, I've, I've bought you about another two minutes. Give, okay. me, give me one place that you would love to be a member of. Okay, I've got, I've got my two. Okay. Uh, I, I would love to be a member of Chicago Golf Club. Oh, very good. That's a good answer. Yeah. Nice. That, and, that, and, and from what I understand, you know, from talking to members and stuff, you know, it is – it is low key, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. having been there for for a week to cover the inaugural senior U.S. Senior Women's Open. Um, Women's Open, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was. I thought it was fabulous. Um, That's great. And then, and then I've never played Cypress Point, but I'd love for them mm. to let me in there. That's <laughs> well, like that old Bob Hope joke that Cypress Point had a great member drive this year. They lost four. You know, it's just like. <laughs> It's just the way it goes. On, on that note, have a great vacation if I don't speak with you beforehand. Thank you very much. Everybody can look forward to following uh, Beth Ann's stuff about the Women's British Open. Again, he mm. drops in British there. Mm -hmm. uh, Golfweek.com. Thanks very much for being on the Four Press, Beth Ann. Thanks for having me. Enjoy, enjoy your week on the tour.